0: What's up, everybody? I'm Jeff Williams, and this is the first episode of Create Your Opportunity Podcast, where I sit down with individuals who I believe are real difference makers in their respective industries. During these interviews, we'll dive into my guest's journey, learn what keeps them motivated, and break down how they really created opportunities for themselves, and hopefully give you, the viewers, the opportunity, the motivation, and the blueprint to create your own. My first guest is rapper, actor, TV host, and sneaker influencer, Jock Slade, aka Kustos, Jock has over 1.6 million followers across all different platforms, generating two, over 214 million views on just YouTube alone. He's interviewed everyone from the late Kobe Bryant to one of the greats in Kevin Durant, and he's even been interviewed, or he's even been invited to Michael Jordan's house. Thank you for coming to my house for this interview, <laughs> virtually, and joining me for this. Kusos, Jock Slade, thank you for joining me. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Jeff man. Thank you for having me on the show, man. This is pretty exciting. I love this. Thank you for making me the first guest, too. I feel I feel a certain kind of way about that. I'm gonna be honest.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I feel like it had to be it had to be you, uh, for multiple different reasons. We we go way back, we met back in 2017, but yeah. also that that was the first iteration of this interview style. I actually was able to to come visit you at your set in 2017, and that was the first creator opportunity interview because this has been like a a mini passion project for me for so long and I'm just happy that that you accepted being my first interview again and that we're able to to sit down and do this so I'm just I'm just happy to catch up
1: same same here man it's it's been a while so I'm glad I'm glad we can take this opportunity to catch up
0: definitely definitely so like I like I mentioned I was introduced to you in 2017 when you were a tv host for NBC LA. but the world and I say the world when I mean YouTube was introduced to you in 2006 with get your hands up um and um as you guys are rappers so is is rapping your first
1: love yeah, well i mean technically basketball is probably my first love um but rapping is a very a very close second yeah i probably i was i was doing music pretty hardcore all the way from like high school through through most of college and a little bit of my adult life as well um i was pursuing it pretty pretty passionately uh didn't work out but it was a, it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot for sure.
0: Well, uh, I mean, didn't didn't uh, work out is definitely relative because I feel like it, it opened doors. It definitely opened doors yeah, for you because um, you you started rapping, but you got into movies. You got into acting as well. So how was how was that transition? Because there's some rappers that try acting. They do well. They do they don't do well. But like it seems smooth. And you also I don't want to jump too far, but you also opened doors for yourself and was acting and was on the soundtrack how does yeah. how did the acting come about first, and then how did it get on the soundtrack
1: so I think well it's, it's probably more of the reverse, so I was rapping, and um, people started using my music for movies and stuff like that um, and then I got close with a couple of the music supervisors, and that's really what led to the acting so they um, they saw you know they saw shows and saw you know how we performed at shows and they, they offered it like, hey, do you want to actually be in this movie as well? And obviously I said yes, because that was super exciting for me. Um, and so that's kind of how, how, how that really happened. So I think the first instance, the first instance was a movie called Drillbit Taylor. I wasn't actually in the movie, but they brought me on set to help coach the actors how to rap. So there's a, there's a freestyle battle scene. So I was coaching the kids how to freestyle battle. So that, that was my first exposure to being on set. And then after that, it led to a role in a movie, um, and then a role on a TV show as well. That's really cool.
0: And and one of the um, one of the films that, that I saw, or I, that I like saw that you're part of, is Walk Hard, and that with John yeah. C. Riley. How yeah. how was that experience? That's a that's a big um, a big name actor, big name film, big opportunity for you to be in front of the screen. And on the soundtrack,
1: yeah. So that was that was a really cool experience of of all the things that I've done in, in film and television. That's probably the coolest of them all. Um, so John C. Riley played a, a like an old school singer from back in the day, and then I played a rapper that samples his song and, and flips it into something else. Uh, something totally, totally different than what he uh, made the song to be. Uh, the content, the, the theme, the storyline, all of that, I, re- I changed the whole thing. Um, and so I started, I started out with just writing the song because they were gonna have, uh, I wasn't gonna play the role of the rapper originally. I was just gonna write the song and it was gonna be on the soundtrack and they were gonna use the song in the movie. Um, and then the director asked uh, if I wanted to actually play the role in the movie as well. Uh, which got me which you know i had to to you know go do like a little test in front of him of, of what if i could act or if i could rap kind of thing and that worked out and then that ended up getting me a little a little small piece of that movie a little little piece of that movie and it's probably probably the biggest thing i think that i've done as far as the the music and rap world goes and acting and film and television. And it's it's really fun. I got to meet John C. Riley, Super cool dude. Super chill. Like we would like he talked through some of the lyrics of the song with me. So it was pretty dope. It was amazing.
0: That's that sounds like a really dope experience. And you you, kind of touched on it. And I was going to ask you've done so many different soundtracks for so many different projects from TV to film. Is there a favorite or? Yeah
1: um i would say walk hard is probably the the favorite um a close second would be a lot of the stuff that i did for community uh when community was on tv um like i wrote a song uh i worked with dan Harmon and we wrote a song for um for um Kim jong when he came back uh as a spanish teacher and so like that one was really fun because it you know it was this like really hardcore rap song but mm-hmm. it's, it's about him coming back as a teacher. So it was, so that was, that was probably like the second funnest thing. And then we did a, a couple of different things on that show that were fun as well. Um, but Walkard well, would probably be the favorite of them all. That's what's up. And
0: to I want to ask this question for, for people that might want to get into this industry that, that love music, that, that love film. How did you, I, you kind of talked about it, but like how do people get into that process? Do, Do they have to like create music and then be found? Is there a process of like applying to to be on a soundtrack? Like how does that process start?
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily applying. Um, A lot of it obviously has to do with relationships and knowing the right people. Um, I have uh, I have I have I still actually I still have the same music manager from back then. so he had he knew a lot of people. and so with my music, i w- I was just performing, and he was just he was inviting people out to shows and just like i was I was just really focusing on the music, honestly. And he was inviting people out to shows, getting people to come see me, um getting the album into people's hands, getting people to listen to the album. Um, my music was relatively clean as well, which helped for me. Um, because in, um, music and like for television and film, well, well, specifically television, there's no cussing. Mm -hmm. um there's no you know there's no foul language so to speak and then also I didn't use any samples in my music so all of my music was was original which also helps because you don't have to get anything cleared so I I had all of those things kind of going for me and the songs were you know songs were good enough that they could make it into film and tv and you know I owned all of my masters I owned everything so I didn't have to get anything cleared or anything like that and so all of those things kind of factored in my favor. It wasn't like I can't say it was like one thing. It was like all of those little things kind of adding up to a thing. So when a music supervisor called and says, "Hey, we heard your song, uh, you know, Jeff's interview and, and we want to use it for we want to use it for our TV show. Do you own it? Yes. Are there any samples in it? No uh so you're a one-stop shop and we can clear it with you yes okay perfect let's get it done like they don't they don't want to have to deal with any of that stuff um yeah. from what I, I learned all this you know after the fact but that's really that's really what it was like they want to be able to say hey can i use your song and you can say yes and they don't have to worry about anything legally happening because they used your song but again no samples no curse words any of the, any stuff like that and they, they can just they can just work with you and get it done And
0: so I'm going to just add, this might be a naive question. If there's no samples, no cussing, you wrote, you wrote all your songs. And is that, is that a correct assumption? I wrote all
1: my songs. I didn't produce all of them, but I, I, but I owned, but I owned all of them. So that once you know, it was cleared. I paid the producer and stuff like that. So I still got it cleared. So yeah, I wrote, I wrote all of the lyrics on the song.
0: So yeah. So like you being a a creative and writing your songs and, and kind of, for, um, creating songs for yourself or for your audience, how is it? How is it creating songs? Going from creating songs for yourself to creating songs for a, a movie or for a show specifically, is it less creative or is it more creative? And and I say this question because I, I watched an interview with Wiz Khalifa not too long ago, and he was talking about the the song that he did for um, um, Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like he was given words, keywords, key like um um parts of the movie and everything. He said it was just easy for him because he knew exactly what he needed to talk about. It wasn't anything bad. It wasn't anything good. It was just like kind of um, I guess it was easier because he knew where uh, he had like a lane to go in. So I always wanted to know, like for a creative, especially for people that write your own like write your own lyric. Is it is it easier, harder? What do you what do you think about that?
1: You know, I don't think it's easier or harder. I think it's just working a different creative muscle because it, it also kind of depends on the, the purpose of the song in the movie. So, for instance, with the Wiz Khalifa song, he's just writing a song in general about that moment in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like the song that I wrote for Walk Hard was for a specific character. So I wrote, I had to write from that character's perspective as opposed yep. to there's a moment happening right now and I need to get an emotion across. So I need to write a song about this certain emotion. Um, so like that's, that's also different. Or like if it's like for the Senior Chang thing, uh, for, for, for community, it's about, it's about that person. Um, it's not from that character's perspective, but it's about that person. So I've got to tap into who is that character? Who is that person? and what, what are some of the things that they would say or what are some things people would say about him. So like you write the song from, from that perspective. So I think it's just a different creative muscle. It allows you, um, I, think it, I think it's actually really great for a songwriter because it allows you to take, to go outside of yourself. A lot of, you know, a lot of songwriters write songs from their own perspective and their own lived experience. But with like movie and TV stuff, you're writing songs from outside of your own perspective and it's allowing you to look at things from a different angle and really I would say it pushes you to think differently and that that all will you know go back into your own music when you're writing music and writing songs and thinking about different perspectives so I don't want to say it's easier or it's harder but It's just exercising a different muscle than you usually do, which is which is kind of cool because you you can tell stories in a different way, especially if you're just like if you're really a creative telling stories in a different way and seeing things from a different angle helps you as a creative in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that sounds really cool. And just being able to like tap into different aspects of your creativity, being able to showcase different aspects of your creativity, because at the end of the day, when people see you, like oh Jacques can do this they can act he can write he can produce he can literally um, make all these different shows and formats that he can that that you see on his social media and speaking of like the different versa- i mean the, the versatility that you have i kind of want to jump into another bag that you have which is sne- um i'm gonna like, bump into my mic which is <laughs> which is um sneakers yeah. like um a lot of people know you for for sneakers for for um reviewing them for interviewing people around the culture, for being around the culture, for just being in the culture of sneaker, yeah. um, like yeah. the sneaker world, and first, like, how did that come about? Because I saw like your first unboxing on on YouTube, and I want to say your first unboxing uh, around August of 2012. But like before that, you were doing it for um, on TV, right? You were doing it for other, like, was it Sports Nation?
1: So, so no, I was doing it on. I've been doing it on YouTube since two thousand nine, I think. Okay, uh, well, then so I was I need to do more research. No, 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 it's great. No, no, you're you're good though. I found that first unboxing. Uh, I was doing it for a website called Kicks on Fire. So they, um, back then, not a lot of people were doing sneaker content, and this was like while I was still acting and and doing stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of kind of, just continue to keep myself on camera and just to stay fresh and be able to do all of those things. And so I started making those videos as a response to, like, I wasn't getting auditions and I wasn't working as much in that, in that field. So I started creating videos there about sneakers um, as a way to kind of just bring that sort of perspective to the world of sneakers, because at the time uh, it was there, but it wasn't as prominent as it is now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the sneaker culture, it's like slowly growing people say it's a niche but like there's tv shows about it there's movies about it now so like it's very it's very well integrated in in the everyday world now and from from just wanting to be um seen on camera more so just using using that as a platform to to being invited to michael jordan's house and playing (laughs) basketball on his court how does how does that transition happen and then what was that what was that experience like
1: um, a lot of it came from uh, because I was one of the first to really stand out in the world of sneakers. That was doing YouTube and stuff like that, so that put me that put me in a place where a lot of sneaker brands wanted to um, wanted to work with me. So um, because you know, not a lot of people were doing YouTube. I shouldn't I keep saying not a lot. There were a lot of people doing content, but I was one of the few that stood out in that arena. Um, and so that that elevated me so that sneaker brands um wanted to work with me and and wanted to to tap into my voice with the way that they tell stories and the way that I tell stories.
0: That's really cool. And and I've seen you've interviewed so many different people, talk about so many different pairs of shoes. I've probably asked you this uh, like casually, but <laughs> I, I wanna ask you this on on here. What is what is the rare shoe that you Either seen or that you own. How about this? What's the rarest shoe that you own? I, I like that. What's the rarest shoe that you own?
1: Um, the rarest shoe that I own. That's a great question. Like, I have, I have a few like one of one custom shoes that were made for like movie projects or for like a a, a brand did a project and they have like a one and they made like a one shoe they wanted me to review or something like that. But I, I think the most probably the the rarest one I have is a pair of signed Kobe's um from I believe 2013 or 2014 I have a, a, a pair of signed Kobe's that's probably the rarest shoe that I have that one and then I have another I have a running shoe uh, that was signed by Kipchoge, who mm. is um uh, he's the only man who uh ran a marathon in faster than two hours um, so I have a pair signed by him as well. Um, he signed him, I met him, I met him the day before I ran my marathon, and he signed a pair of shoes for me.
0: Talk about motivation.
1: Yeah, that's, right? I was like,
0: that's, <laughs> that's, that's what's up right there. I was like, you can't, you can't get much better than motivation than that. I yeah. was, um I was gonna jump to, like, a question about co- interviewing Kobe, but, like, being able to, to just be around two, two greats like that, what are, what are like um, pieces you take from, from those interviews or those meetings? Because you've interviewed Kobe a couple of times, am I yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like what are, what are like pieces that, that you take from with those? Because those are like grow, uh, greats in this world and they're motivated and they're, they're kind of wired differently. People, people always aspire to have that Mamba mentality, but you got to talk to the Mamba himself.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that there's, a, there's two things. One from like starting with Kupchoge, uh, i would say how how humble he was like he like this is one of like the greatest athletes in that the world knows and he was just as cool calm collected and humble as as the next man there was no there was no air about him there was no n- there was nothing that nothing putting off he was just a, a kind well, as is a kind and humble man and, and and you know and looked you in the eye when he talked to you and then for Kobe, I think it was it's it's really a lot of the same thing, but it was more more laser focused. Kobe Kobe had a laser focus and could could make you feel like you're the only person in the room, and that's a that's a special feeling for someone that's interviewing him, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time. Like he locks in on you, really listens to you, he answers your questions, he's knowledgeable, he understood the game of basketball he understood marketing he he was he was very unique in this space uh when it comes to interviewing i don't think i've interviewed anyone that was quite as aware that was quite as honest that was quite as understanding as as kobe was
0: that's really cool to hear as a i mean just as a as a basketball fan as an interviewer just being able to to hear about like Kobe's Kobe's mindset how he approached things how he um engaged with people and how he connected with people in their interviews because you're talking about a person that's met hundreds of thousands of people over over his lifetime and being able to just like connect with that person make you feel like it's just one-on-one no matter where you're at that's that's special that's really special so that's 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 cool to hear and um just before, before we transition off the, um, the sneaker world, because I, I, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot when it comes to Jacques <laughs> Slay, I, I want to ask you a question that, that I ask um, a lot of sneakerheads, because um, sometimes you, you see people with a lot of shoes, but they don't wear them. Sometimes mm-hmm. you see a lot of people with shoes, and they actually wear them. Are you a sneakerhead that, that wears your shoes? Are you one that like, here, here are my, my shoes, you see them in the case, oh, and I'll leave no, them no. in the case?
1: Um, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a mix. While I while I will say I've worn most of my shoes, um, a lot of them have only been worn a couple times or once or maybe you know maybe once or two or three times. Um, and then there's I guess and there's actually some I have I have that I haven't worn at all. So I, I I'm an advocate for wearing your shoes, but I I'll, I have so many um that it's hard to wear all of them um you know big big first world problems but uh, but I think most of that is because just like anybody else you find a pair of shoes that you really like and you wear that pair all the time and that's kind of where I am I have you know probably I'll say like 10 pairs that I that I rotate through pretty frequently um and so i often forget not forget but i often don't think about the other ones that i have like oh i should wear these today because i already know this is going to work with my outfit so i was like i don't i don't go back in the archives as much as i should it's like oh what about these i should have wore those today like you know so and I, I would say I'm, I'm in the middle i'm in the middle of the wear them and in the and the collector phase i'm somewhere in the middle of that
0: that's what so uh, and then just just hearing that you um, the most normal, no, most normal things. Like you know what, I like these shoes. I'm gonna wear them continuously. I might have however many shoes over here, but these are my shoes. Yeah. So I was like, I, I totally, I totally get that. And um, talking about shoes, I feel like you have transitioned to our, our next, your our. I was gonna say our next topic, but like your next venture. But you've been playing golf for so long, and yeah. and as a viewer, seeing you jump into the PGA tour and like commentating that, working with the PGA. I was i was gonna say i was surprised but then when i saw your integration with the shoes and how they're like how there's like jordan golf shoes and everything i'm like this is such a smooth transition this is so smart like why i mean it just made so much sense so like first off like how was how did you get into golf and then how did you um make that transition to, to for your content
1: so i actually got in golf through sneakers so um, back in 2013 is when I started playing golf pretty regularly. And um, I, I, I got the, the TW13s, which is Tiger Woods shoe. This is when they, they I guess, the second phase of Tiger Woods shoe, signature shoe career um, and probably the most popular of the Tiger Woods shoe career. So I got those and I wanted to play in those. So I started just playing golf because I wanted to play in the shoes. And a couple of my buddies played. And so I kept playing with them. Um, and then I just kept I just stayed at it, just played more and more and more and got more serious about it and continued to play. And then more of my buddies started playing. Um, and then I just started buying golf shoes like crazy. So I have a crazy collection of uh, of golf shoes. So it's all I think it, it started with sneakers. Um, but now it's something that I'm probably just, I'm now I'm just as passionate about golf as I am about sneakers. That's really cool.
0: And I I'm a person that's that's tried golf. In the past, I've hit a couple balls, I've hit a lot of the ground. And it's, it's really frustrating for me. So, like, how do you how do you get past the, the frustration part and, and get into the actually the playing well? Like, was it was it a um, a learning curve for you? Cause you said you started like in 2017, right? So like it wasn't yeah. uh, 2013, I'm sorry. So like, but like you weren't it wasn't like when you were uh, young, how most most kids um, yeah. start young. So, like, how was how
1: that transition? Um, honestly, I think it was my ego that, that, that kept me at it. Because, you know, I've been an athlete all my life. And, you know, I grew up with, what, six cousins? Mm-hmm. And so we were always – it was always, like, hey, you got to step it up. Like, you know, you got to step it up. And so, for me, when it came to golf, it was kind of that same thing. It was, like, I was playing and, you know, my buddies was kicking my butt. I wasn't hitting the ball right. And I was just like, yo, I, like, I ain't gonna let y'all, like, I ain't gonna let y'all keep beating me. Like <laughs> that ain't no how this, ain't how this is going to work. And so I just started, I just worked at it. I just, I had, it was like one of the, I mean, again, I, I would honestly say it's my ego. Like I'm like, I'm an athlete. I know I can do this. So I just, I just kept at it.
0: That's what's up. And I, I love that. I was gonna say as a, as a fellow athlete, i um, and and like per, from a, coming from a person with a bigger family, like you, you love having that competitiveness yeah. at school, especially in the house, because like you can you can go at it with like your um, your teammates or whatever or people um, that you're playing against. But when you have it when you have it at home and it's all the time with your family, those those are the people you really want to get at and you really want to beat. So like yeah. it's 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 the best type of the best type of feeling when you beat the family. Yeah, so that's absolutely. that's what's up. Absolutely. So um. Before uh, I appreciate, I feel like we we talked about um, so many different topics. I, I just want to ask you a couple different questions. A couple different questions um, that, like, just for for the general viewer, just to like um. think about. Um, so, for the first one, is for more like content creators. One of the one of the biggest pitfalls that I see is consistency. You're yeah. and you're like the and from an outsider's perspective because everybody everybody thinks differently. You're you're like one of the uh, goals of consistency with creating content, being active, being seen on 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 um, whatever TV, um, social media, wherever you're being seen. You're always creating content. How is how is it? um, How have you found being consistent? Like how you found like, I guess the word like how do you stay consistent? That is that's my question.
1: I think part of it is one dedicating yourself to it and also kind of loving it, you know what I mean? The creative process, like for me, like I love being creative. I love setting up the cameras. I love editing. I, I love finding a way to tell that story. I love the writing process. Like I, I, I love I love the whole process of creating and like, I, I think that's just something inert in me is like the just the being, being able to create. So that I think pushes me one, you know, to be consistent but also, you know, if you really want to do it, realizing that it's going to be sacrificed. Like, you know, sometimes on Friday nights, I'm not out hanging out, chilling. I'm in the studio working on something, you know, kind of thing like it, it's, you know, and that's not that's not to promote like hustle culture and you got to hustle, hustle, hustle. Like that's not really what, it's not necessarily that. It's more about if this is something that you really want to do, and it's something that you love, you have to prioritize it over some of the other things that you do um, in order in order to stay consistent and then you you start to develop processes that make it easier and you know you get people that you work with that help makes the process make the processes easier so I, I say it, you know it's it's really about loving it and being super passionate about it and and chasing after it um, in in spite of everything else that's going on
0: no nah, I love that and I and I'm gonna take that like for for myself because I I I I love like turning on the cameras and putting on the mic like putting up the mic and and doing this. But there's there's times where I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the the I just need to I just need to make sure I, I love the process and remember the process because sometimes I I just get caught up. But I I love, I love that and I'm gonna make sure I clip that off for people because there's a lot of people I talk to that either get caught up in the uh, get caught up with consistency they think it's just too big but it's like you just focus on the process focus on the things that you love and um just just do that every day yeah. so i'm I, I really i really like that
1: yeah like the work the work is the reward like c- consider the work as the reward as opposed to what comes out comes what after you push the product out consider the work as the reward
0: that's really dope that's really dope and another another question i have just as like a general advice what do you have advice for up and coming artists that want to like create their opportunity? Because I feel like you're you're the embodiment of creating your opportunity when when it wasn't rapping, it was acting, when it wasn't acting, it was sneakers and now golf. So it's like, what, um, is there any type of advice that you might just have?
1: Yeah, I think the most compelling thing that any artist can do is to be themselves and have their own perspective. Like you don't, like, I think we all start out um, mimicking those that we like and those that we love but you eventually have to tune that, tune that art to where it's yours and it's your your perspective. And people understand your perspective. because that um, is what people relate with the most. We're all we're all the same. Um, But we're all different. And those differences are what make us special, which makes each individual special. So find those differences, find out those things that make make us different, whether it's your story, your backstory, the way you look at things, the way you see things, all of those things change your perspective. And then also you have to make sure you love the work. Like it can't be about, oh, I want to be famous or I want to make a lot of money. Because to be frank, when you start out, no one cares. And that's just that's just the reality of it. And that's not trying to be mean. That's not trying to be you know anything like that. But no one cares at first, and you have to make them care. And the way you make them care is by being yourself and showing what you can add to the conversation.
0: That's great. That's a great piece. And I and I yeah, I was say, I appreciate that you you giving us great antidotes today. So <laughs> um so and one one last question before we do our rapid uh, rapid fire this or that. Um, what does twenty twenty three look like for Jock Slate? What what can we expect from you?
1: Um, I would say a lot more a lot more content. I kind of slowed down a little bit in twenty two, um, so I think in twenty twenty three I'm going to be focused a little more on creating content. Um, I won't. I'll be doing more stuff with the PGA Tour, so I'm excited about that. Kind of sharing that, and then I have a couple of projects that I'm working on that I really hope come into fruition this year. Um, because I mean, I still, I, I want to do more, you know what I mean? Like this has been great, obviously. And I'm, I'm thankful and I am tremendously blessed by what I've been able to do so far, but I also, also want to continue to push the envelope and, and, and do more and, and spread my wings a little more. I want to, I want to write a sitcom. I want to, I want to write a movie. I want to be in a movie. I want to be on a sitcom. Um, I want to be able to do more. Um, in front, in front of the camera, more behind the camera. So, like, there's I, I, there's all of these things that I still want to continue to push and continue to do and to and to share um, because I feel like there's stories I want to be able to tell, and those mediums allow me to tell those stories in different ways and share those experiences in different ways. So, I'm definitely pushing for that to be a bigger part of 2023. Well, I can't wait to see. You.
0: I can't wait to see you in the writer's room on set. And then supporting you when you're when you're in those movies. So thank you. We're gonna we're, we're gonna speak into fruition. I love that. Um, and then lastly, uh, we're gonna play our rapid fire this or that sneaker edition, where we're gonna I'm gonna ask you um who you think has a bigger sneaker collection. Okay, there's right? either gonna be a mix of rappers or actors, and we're just gonna go rapid fire. Okay. So the first one DJ Khaled or Chris Brown?
1: Oh gosh, oh gosh. That oh gosh. Um, I'm gonna go with Chris Brown. I hope Khaled don't get mad, but Chris Brown, Chris Brown, yeah, I'm gonna go with Chris Brown. Yeah, that's
0: what's up, John Mayer or Mark Wahlberg?
1: Ooh, um, that's kind of that's two different kind of sneakerheads. So I'm gonna say Mark Wahlberg. Mark okay. Wahlberg, yeah, for sure.
0: Kevin Hart or Michael B. Jordan?
1: Ooh, that is an interesting one. Um gosh i'm gonna say michael b jordan uh sorry kevin uh michael b jordan kevin Kevin hart like loves likes sneakers but he's i feel like he has more of a high-end sort of appeal to his the way he the sneakers that he likes um uh, i mean obviously likes nike and jordan as well but i think michael b jordan likes like the sneakers that we like
0: yeah i feel that yeah. what about rick ross or wale
1: oh wale hands down wale wale is wale is probably the biggest celebrity sneakerhead ever
0: that's what's up good to know and then uh last one jerry seinfeld or jason sudeikis
1: oh Ah. that i don't even know how to answer that one that's a i'm gonna go i'm just i'm gonna go with jason sudeikis but that's more just recency bias um so just because uh you know i watch i'm watching this tv show so i'm gonna say jason zudeikis just because of recency bias but jerry jerry had quite the catalog but jason zudeikis probably yeah
0: that's what's up that's what's up and i I appreciate you playing yeah i was gonna say there's there's so many different like celebrities that have different uh that are sneakerhead yeah. because the sneakerhead culture is so big and that's yep. that's i mean as a one thing that, that drew me to like your content, obviously I knew you outside of that, but it's just, it's just great to to have you um, sit down for me, uh, sit down during this interview. I appreciate you joining me um, and, and just taking the time. I didn't want to take too much time out of your day. I <laughs> okay. know you're very busy, but like, I really appreciate it. You dropped a lot of knowledge for us. And and um, I think a lot of people are going to really take some, some great notes from this, whether it's like Creating their opportunity um, from from the music to to movies to acting to I mean sneakers or if, if like there's just so there's just so much to take from it that's all I'm getting at and I really Thank appreciate you, you taking the time.
1: Thank um, you, man. I so, appreciate you taking the time today. You know, uh, you know, your time is just as valuable as mine. Um, and I know you be on your TikTok game, so I know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking away from your TikTok time. So I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time to to do this interview today um man i love
0: it i love it i appreciate it and uh before we leave where where can people find you if they don't already know
1: uh, i'm all, all over the internet so uh kusto k-u-s-t-o-o everywhere from tiktok to snapchat to bumble the grinder kusto everywhere linkedin all those places just search kusto k-u-s-t-o-o that's where you find me
0: perfect yeah that's you guys heard it right there you guys can follow him at kusto and i appreciate you guys joining and we'll be back for the next episode. Have a good one.